Hello from Suffolk, England, where it's sunny but cooler today, and we've a warm weekend forecast with plenty more sunshine in store. A father of the fatherless and a judge of the widows is God in his holy habitation. God setteth the solitary in families. He bringeth out those which are bound with chains. But the rebellious dwell in a dry land. Psalm 68, verses 5 and 6. It's Friday the 29th of May, in the year of our Lord 2020. And it's time to sit back and enjoy five minutes of civilised calm. This is Mark's Almanac, recorded in the peace of the English countryside. James's first impressions of Honeysuckle Cottage were, he tells me, wholly favourable. He was delighted with the place. It was a low, rambling, picturesque old house with funny little chimneys and a red roof, placed in the middle of the most charming country. With its oak beams, its trim garden, its trilling birds and its rose-hung porch, it was the ideal spot for a writer. It was just the sort of place, he reflected whimsically, which his aunt had loved to write about in her books. Even the apple-cheeked old housekeeper who attended to his needs might have stepped straight out of one of them. It seemed to James that his lot had been cast in pleasant places. He had brought down his books, his pipes and his golf clubs, and was hard at work finishing the best thing he had ever done. The Secret Nine was the title of it, and on the beautiful summer afternoon on which this story opens, he was in the study, hammering away at his typewriter, at peace with the world. The machine was running sweetly. The new tobacco he had bought the day before was proving admirable, and he was moving on all six cylinders to the end of a chapter. That's from Honeysuckle Cottage one of P.G. Woodhouse's Mr. Mulliner stories, in which a mystery writer moves into a country cottage whose last owner was a romance novelist. Perfect weekend reading. On this day in 1940, the evacuation of the British expeditionary forces from Dunkirk was continuing. Captain Richard Austin wrote, Along the entire queue, not a word was spoken. The men just stood there silently staring into the darkness, praying that a boat would soon appear, and fearing that it would not. Also on this day in 1953, Edmund Hillary and the Sherpa Tenzing Norgay became the first people to reach the summit of Everest. Hillary received a knighthood, and later the Order of the Garter. A New Zealander, his crest featured an azure kiwi grasping an ice axe. Here's a poem, ahead of the Whitson weekend, the opening of Philip Larkin's Whitson Weddings, a suggestion from Judy in Warwick. All afternoon, through the tall heat that slept for miles inland, a slow and stopping curve southwards we kept. Wide farms went by, short-shadowed cattle and canals with floatings of industrial froth. A hothouse flashed uniquely, hedges dipped and rose, and now and then a smell of grass 
displaced the reek of buttoned carriage cloth. Until the next town, new and nondescript, approached with acres of dismantled cars. At first I didn't notice what a noise the weddings made. Each station that we stopped at, sun destroys the interest of what's happening in the shade. And down the long, cool platforms, whoops and skirls, I took for porters larking with the males, and went on reading. Once we started, though, we passed them, grinning and pomaded, girls in parodies of fashion, heels and veils, all posed irresolutely, watching us go. That's almost all for today. If you know anyone who could use a touch of calm, do please share this. If you need a film to watch tonight, how about the classic 90s comedy, still the best adaptation of Jane Austen's Emma, Clueless, starring Alicia Silverstone. And if you need some music to wake you up, how about The House is Rockin' by Stevie Ray Vaughan. Kick off your shoes, start losing the blues. Until Monday, stay civilized, keep calm, and please keep washing your hands. Have a lovely weekend.